Welcome to the Hawkeye Psychic Podcast. Liam, we'll switch to the URC. And Munster travelled to uh, Bluefontein, uh, Loftus Firstfeld, <laughs> and they got a baptism of fire in the first half. But credit to Munster, somehow uh, they were there, thereabouts, uh, losing 29-24. Uh, again, Liam, we both watched the game. What were your thoughts in terms of Munster's first foray into South Africa for the URC uh, competition this season? Yeah, well, I mean, that first half was 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 all the bulls, wasn't it? It was like it was almost like men against boys, to be to be fair, and it probably was too in the sense of the the Munster lads were quite young a lot of those lads. Um, but it means credit to Munster the way they 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 fought back in that second half. Um, I suppose at Demon they end they try, you know, you know, they they get crucially getting the ball down, getting his hand on that ball. That really was a huge score in the in the context of the game. I mean, Kendallin to me was a, is a pure star man in the making. Um, Patterson loved his passing when he came on as well, and you know we, we didn't wilt as expected. Like in the in the support this famous sixty minutes, we didn't we we were actually the one who, who finished stronger. Um, obviously, Bismarck to was just a, the he was one of the worst in many respects red cards I've seen. Just the the lack of attention for for his player lifting completely over shoulder and just just throwing him, you know. Um, but um, yeah, I, I I think you know in the end we can't complain in terms of the result. They were probably forty five minutes certainly um, dominant in that game, um, and good to get the the losing bonus point win. But you just wonder, I mean, if we, I, I definitely think that if we had full strength team, we would have won well actually against the Bulls. Yeah, I think first off you have to credit the monster strength conditioning for them and Jake Boyke alluded to it post game I think he was stunned by what Munster delivered they were 29-3 down early in that second half I, I would suspect the Bulls and Jake White and an awful lot of South African fans watching the game probably were like this game is well and truly over but for Munster to really, really grow into the game as it wore on really is a testament to Munster's fitness and conditioning in that altitude in that heat you know, it was just incredible stuff. But there's no getting away from it. The opening, the opening period was an absolute nightmare show for Munster. And I think the Bulls, in fairness, it was a feisty encounter. They made it physical. And I think an awful lot of the young Munster rugby squad have learned an absolute lesson in terms of how you start a game. It was just the feistiness of it from the Bulls. They really did set the platform early. And again, some of the breakdown work, you know, there was Ben Whitehouse, hate to be saying it, but... You know, there was some, I thought, illegal stuff going on there from the Bulls that weren't really being pinged. And I think it all kind of led to the Bismarck Duplicis red card. I mean, there was the the occasion where Kandelan gets a headshot. And after the Ewell's, you know, red card, it's medium force again. He's literally looking to duck away from making a decision. How are the URC, you know, the officiate? And once the TMO said, look at the incident again. And the local Sarfkin TV crew says, oh, that definitely should have been a yellow card. I think that's really casting an awful lot of integrity issues, I think, from the officiating side of the house. But uh, as you say, Liam, cut long story short, I think it was a baptism fire for Munster, particularly open period. There was 25 missed tackles. And then you had Tabway, who was, I thought, utterly sensational, 119 metres gained. 
five offloads, two clean breaks, nine defenders beaten. Arenze, you'd mentioned uh, last week as well, absolutely top of the ground, very hard to stop, you know. So you can see why the 25 missed tackles were because these guys are absolute speed merchants on ground like that. Yeah, I mean, Cadellan comes back from the yellow card and grows into the game. Hodnett, Barron, Delende, Patterson, John Ryan comes in. O'Donoghue, I thought was magnificent, thought outstanding leadership. Again, it's, um, yeah, for Munster to be, you know, having phase play with two minutes left, look at actually win the contest, I think says an awful lot about Munster's resiliency here. And I think they've learned an awful lot from this game uh, heading into the rest of the season. Yeah, um, the Bulls were literally clinging on at the end there. It was for them, it was a kind of very quite a poor result not to get the bonus point uh, win that they were expecting to get. And at home, like for any, any team in the URC, you really should be getting bonus point wins as much as you can. So, um, and I suppose with a view to the South African teams, it won't be quite Leinster and Munster. Or no, it won't be quite Leinster and Ulster. It'll be any other teams, the Munsters, the Ulsters and, and Connacht's and Edinburgh's. They're the ones that are going to be affected by the South Africans going up the log, actually. Absolutely. I mean, it was a significant marquee weekend. South African teams went four for four at home. And I suppose from a South African competition perspective, it is going to get exciting now because you're going to have the likes of the Ulsters coming down there in the next week or two. You'll have Connacht. You'll also have Leinster as well coming in the back end, along with other teams. And you can see an awful lot of home wins. I can't see too many teams here, Liam, getting wins at the Loftus Versfeld, you know, just in terms of... And I think that's a wake-up call for Jake White and the team. You know, they had two tries on the board, 16 minutes, Tabway, who was sensational. Staying camp as well after 32 minutes. So I think the locals and the team would have thought, we're going to drive on here and we're going to get our other two tries to secure, to secure the bonus point, but never really materialised. So I think for Jake White and the Bulls, I think training probably would have been pretty aggressive this week, just given how Munster got back into the game and... Yeah, they're going to be pretty formidable, um, you know, but in the context of South African and the competition, I think it's alive and kicking for them because, as you said, the roster, the, the, the playoff standings, they're definitely going to elevate here. And I think, hope, unfortunately, for the likes of Connacht Rugby, I think they could be dropping down the table pretty significantly, I think, uh, after a few of these South African home results uh, in the next few weeks. Um, Liam, we might leave the Bulls and Munster out because we had a top two league standing uh, fixture on in Kingspan on Saturday night, immediately after the England-Ireland uh, fireworks. Uh, Ulster, triumphant, 18-13. Uh, what were your thoughts on the match? Yeah, I, I, I mean, obviously Ulster had a good, a strong first-half performance and they can only add the um, one score in, in, in the rest of the game. Um, but, um, yeah, I thought that you have to put in context that Ulster had only like two players lacking in their team. Leinster literally were recent their, their entire team. And that made a huge difference in terms of the physicality. Um, and I thought that Timoney, obviously that stood up a front, the, 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 the physicality of the Ulster pack was a uh, phenomenal compared to what Leinster could produce. And obviously Lowry lit the place up again <laughs> with his huge yardage and he's um, passed back and forth with uh, Balakum for his try. Yeah, it, it was 
it gave a very precious clean line break scheme, wasn't it? I mean, there's an awful lot of kicking involved. I mean, just as a Munster rugby fixture, I think certain media outlets would have really been lambasting this kick fest for the next few weeks. But the fact of the matter was, clean line breaks was four from Ulster, three from Leinster. Um, yeah, I think Laurie lit it up, as you say. I thought Nick Tiffany was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, he's worked great, 26 tackles. He had four successful carries as well. But Lowry stats 124 metres, three defenders beaten, two clean breaks. So he's 50% of the clean breaks for, uh, and as I say, he's then could play with Balakon for his try on 34 minutes. Really, you know, set set the tone there for Ulster after a good start, I thought, from Ulster. I mean, Sam Carter, eight minutes, looked as if they were going to kind of drive it home. But again, Max Deegan scores a good try after Leinster kind of are getting penalty counts against Ulster to get back into this. So... I mean, for all the scoring to happen in the first half, it was kind of probably an edgy enough second half, I'd say, for Ulster that they didn't really kind of kick on and close it out particularly. But top Leinster as well showed an awful lot of composure given the selection that was out. Yeah, and and again, I mean, it, it was it was in the balance in the final few minutes as well, um, and it would have been an absolute disaster for Ulster to lose at home with pretty much their first thing side. Um, and they, I, th- I think too, Ulster can really kick on for, you know, really actually being finishing top of the table in the regular season now. They have they they definitely have that in them for the remaining fixtures. Um, we saw, of course, once more we saw another South African big name signing, Dwayne from Newland going off. <laughs> he looks a bit crotched. He does, doesn't <laughs> he? The rest of this season, you know, so that's going to be a huge blow for Ulster, of course. At the wrong time of the season for it to happen. Now, he's in a race against time now to get fit um, for the key games. And, I mean, for Ulster, they're in a delicate situation here because they do go down to South Africa a few weeks before the Toulouse game uh, in the last 16 of the Heineken Champions Cup. It'll be very interesting to see what Dan McFarlane and the management team will do there. Will they look to bring fringe squad players in and maybe keep a few of the marquee guys in reserve for Toulouse. It's going to be a fascinating watch there. I mean, the Ulster schedule here, Liam, to be perfectly fair, like I think for everyone within the Irish provinces, looks pretty treacherous. You know, the two games in South Africa, there's also a few interpros, you have Toulouse as well. Yeah, I mean, aspiring to be the top of the league, you know, is aspiring at the moment because I think in every any given weekend, there could be twists and turns here, particularly when we're getting into the Champions Cup and squad commitments and stuff like that. It'll be interesting. But um, yeah, I thought Jimmy O'Brien did pretty decent for Leinster as well. I mean, 48 metres, three defenders, Breton continuing his good form as well. I think for Leo Cullen, I'd say he must be relatively pleased in terms of how the the team that he assembled, given all the internationals, um, did fare on the night. I mean... You know, to be within five points of uh, Ulster, as you say, maybe missing two. But as as near a first team as you're possibly probably going to get this time of year. Yeah, certainly. I mean, you know, you could look at it, look at it this way, that, that Leo Cullen would be more satisfied uh, with the the players at his disposal and their performance that they actually put in. And that Ulster really should have put them away and they should have been like, you know, 20-point winners in that game. Exactly, but I suppose Leinster, uh, Leinster, that's their second loss to Ulster in URC action. Not many teams will do the double on a league double on Leinster rugby 
in a season. So I think for Ulster rugby onwards and upwards, but I think it's it's going to get tougher now. I think the scheduling is going to get tougher for Ulster, and I think leading into the South African trip now could really define their URC season uh, particularly. I suppose we can leave that there in the URC uh, here, Liam. I suppose before we leave, uh, maybe some contract news. Uh, I know here up in Galway, in Connacht, there is an awful lot of excitement in terms of some of the the young profile um, signings that have been announced in recent days. What are your general reaction here? I suppose, I suppose like, I mean, yes, there's been three recent signings this week. Um, the signing definitely of David Hawkshaw is the one that stood out because it's something but kind of badly needed. Uh, a, a real backup choice I would have to Carty. And I believe he can be that. I mean, I believe, I believe, I mean, you obviously have Conor Fitzgerald there as well, who's a good player, but um, that's why Hawkshaw decided to go because he's had almost minimal opportunities at Leinster in the last two seasons. He was like in her 20s, out half for Ireland, um, also playing 12, so he's a very good uh, signing, I must say. Have to applaud the player. He's looking to progress his career. As I said, you know, it's very easy to stay in a winning culture, a winning environment, but he's looking to really kind of kick on now. I mean, on the back now of Adam Byrne, Peter Dooley, um, you know, Hawkshaw, I think, is a key one. And they're so versatile, the Leinster rugby guys that come out of here. I mean, he can play 10, 12, you know, he's very much a key guy in terms of the triple crown for the under 20s back in 2019. An awful lot of upside, 20, 22 years old here, Liam. I mean, best days ahead of him. Um, and you, if you look from an Andy Friend perspective now, he has three guys now in that squad depth for 10. And the hope here is the Hawkshaw Ephester now are elevating their performances to the level to really challenge Carty uh, long term here. I mean, there's good foundations being built here, I think, in Connacht in terms of the 10 jersey in the depth chart. Yeah, but uh, do I not remember back to the Leicester game where Connacht had their like third or fourth choice out half? Uh, the, the, you know, and, and, and that sort of situation arose, you know, and I, I, I can't see that happening again. Um, but the, yeah, the depth chart in Connacht is really impressive now for going forward for next season. Maybe, maybe, maybe at lock, but um, otherwise, also, yeah, the signing of uh, Byron Ralston is a kind of an interesting signing, a guy who's actually playing for Western Force, Western Force starter, and uh, to chance coming to play here in Ireland. Obviously, he's Irish qualified, and that made a difference in his decision as well, I think. Yeah, looks big, pacey, has physicality. Again, really does lend himself to uh, to the squad. You know, no better place in Connacht to really kind of hone your ball skills in terms of the massive the line depth. You know, the squad depth of that back three now is going to be pretty phenomenal. Rawls and I would thought was kind of a lock there in Western Force, particularly last season. So for him to go to Connacht is a big move for Connacht. Um, sets big expectations, big ambitions for the football club. Uh, which is great, and the fact that he's Irish qualified as well could have another Mac Hansen on our hands uh, here. But the back three for Connacht looks well stacked uh, for next season for sure. And then you have also Seamus Hurley Langton. Now he's an intriguing story, uh, pretty much uh, coming from New Zealand. 
Um, 21 years old. He's made 18 appearances for Manawatu across the Mitri 10 Cup and NPC in the last two years. And he's been earning an awful lot of plaudits for those performances, which is great. I mean, I suppose, Liam, you've probably hit the nail on the head. You know, all these signings look great. Adam Byrne as well, uh, officially confirmed now, uh, joining from Leinster to Connacht. But I think pack-wise, again, I still would like maybe a reinforcement in the second row with Ulton Land gone. Obviously, Thornbury comes back into the mix here. If he can be fully fit, that's an exceptional signing. It's almost like a new signing, to be perfectly fair. But I'd like to see that squad depth maybe improve a little bit. At, you know, the you know the, the the season is pretty abrasive at the best of times. Squad depth there in the second row has been utterly exposed. I'm wondering if Connacht will be looking for another second row before the end of the season's out uh, for next season. Yeah, I mean, they, they could, I guess, yeah. Um, I, th- I think overall, Connacht are benefiting from next season. I understand the, the URC fixture list. There won't be games being played like during the, the Six Nations windows there. And so Leinster are trimming their squad, essentially. <laughs> and and that's going to benefit, I suppose, all the provinces really eventually, like, you know. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm quite impressed myself with the Connacht strength in depth at the moment. Exactly. Like, you could see potential, I'm just kind of calling this out, like brainstorming here, but you could have Dooley, Heffernan, Bealham as the front row, Gavin Thornbury, Josh Murphy, who, who moved as well for the next season. It's a very versatile second row or back rower. You know, Keane Prendergast, Connor Oliver, maybe a Paul Boyle or Jared Butler at eight. Marmion Blade, nine. You've Carty. You know, you also have Hawkshot now, Darren Fitzgerald, Hansen, Akai, Daly or Farrell, maybe an Adam Byrne or Ralston, and maybe John Port is a full back or Tiernan O'Halloran. So you can see the depth chart, you know, I'm tra- we're painting a picture here. The depth chart is significantly improving here in Connacht. And again, high expectations of Cotton next, next season, given those acquisitions. Um, Liam as well, we can probably talk about Jake Fannery as well. Um, news that he is... Going to go to Ulster the next season. Uh, your initial thoughts? I'm, I'm delighted for him and, and for Ulster. I mean, it works perfectly for both parties, really. He's fourth choice at Munster. Have he ever had such phenomenal depth in terms of out half? I'm probably not. Um, he really is a, a top of the range out half. And for Ulster, he goes in there now as third choice. But I mean, look. Billy Burns is clear there, but I mean, he's a great option to have uh, potentially from the bench. I mean, he's got Ian Madigan ahead of him as well there. And he 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 can be he can be second choice next season if he, if he goes right for him in, in Ulster. He has undoubted talent, uh, Liam. I think we've seen it in club rugby scene here to clean Limerick. You know, he has everything. He has a skill set. I think it's just unfortunate for him. He's Joey Carberry, Jack Crowley, Ben Healy in a roster. So I have to applaud the player for making that decision to moving up north to Ulster. Now, that's a good environment to be in. That's a winning culture being formed there in Ulster. And the fact that he has Burns there and also Madigan, you know, there's an awful lot of experience there, but he's going to have to work hard to really kind of stake a claim here. Thinking of parallels with Johnson um, as well that went up from Ulster to Ulster, didn't really work out. Got maybe a few cameo appearances. I would hope for more from 
Flannery because he certainly has a skill set. He's shown it underage in Ireland, international-wise, getting club rugby as well, but needs to get that opportunity. And, you know, with a World Cup year coming, uh, particularly next year, I think he's definitely going to be in line for some games. And his versatility as well, Liam. Again, another one of these footballers can slot in 10, 12, 15 uh, seamlessly. So, yeah, best of luck to Jake, I think, uh, from Mr. Rugby's perspective. Now, this now all hangs like a bad bad cloud, but Ben Healy's one-year contract. I mean, what happens this time next year? Like, I mean, we're making a gamble here that Ben Healy's going to secure a long-term deal here at Munster, or, it, you know, then we might be down, from a Munster perspective, down to Carberry and Jack Crowley, so... I think the fact of the matter is it's going to be an intriguing watch to see where Ben Healy's long-term future is probably in the next few months, I would say, just to see where he is. He's on his 12-month contract. The plums for Crowley, obviously, with the long-term contract. So, uh, again, with Flannery here, he's moving on. So I think that will be the fascinating watch, I think, from Irish observers of rugby. Where does Healy go? Because there's always been that ever-present link in terms of Scottish rugby. Edinburgh, Glasgow, and also that Scottish Heritage Link as well that might have him in a Scottish World Cup squad for 2023, the Irony of Ironies. Down at the Lions in Johannesburg, I mean, that's another firework fixture for Munster again, another baptism of fire for an awful lot of the young squad, and we wish them well. Uh, yeah, Lisa, thank you very much. I wonder, I wonder what, 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 speaking of that game, what are we going to do in terms of changing up the team a bit? That's very true. I think that's a genuinely good question. I think they're going to have to change it up, particularly the lads. I think there's been a bit of player management going on here. can definitely see maybe Delende probably starting against the Lions for sure. I could definitely see the likes of the Barons, the Hodnets kind of coming in. Um, I wonder if Patterson will start ahead of uh, Cronin. Again, it's just rotating people around, um, you know, getting that game time. It'll be very interesting to see the team selection. But, yeah, freshness will have to come into it, Liam. I mean, for guys to play two games back-to-back under the altitude. Under altitude, yeah. It's it's got to be huge. So, I think Munster, Rugby, Van Gran, Roundtree, Larkham, they would have bared that in mind in terms of a potential uh, first 15 for the Lions. And I don't think there's been much in terms of injuries either. So, I think it'll be how they're going to manage uh, the team. I think you'll see probably probably six or seven changes, definitely, uh, with maybe some good substitutions happening a bit earlier, maybe 40, 45 minutes for a guy that may have started against uh, the Bulls, which we'll see. But, I mean, it's a big squad that's gone down there, South Africa, and I think you'll have to maximise it to the best of your ability. Again, we mentioned about the Lions here, Liam, in terms of you know them being kind of like whipping boys, but far from it. I think they've picked up the form in the last few weeks. Uh, big card of Blues pretty convincingly I thought last weekend you know showed a good brand of rugby and Munster if they're not on their game particularly defensive line speed wise they can't repeat 25 missed tackles because Lions do have an awful lot of speed merchants in their back three again as well to contend with yeah I mean it was 37-20 like that's quite impressive uh, win for, for the Lions at home and four well-worked tries and they have some very very pacey backs and the Vandenberg at scrum half even when he was playing against Leinster, actually, he, he was quite impressive as well. So, in, ter- in but in terms of Munster, I'd like to see Scott Buckley, you know, given a lot more game time. And Hodnett, who is maybe the second row that I I uh, rate the most of the guys who should be get, given chances as well. Um, possibly, you know, Patterson, 
given given the full start as well, he he impressed off the bench last day as well. Yeah, I think everyone's going to get a fair run at this from a Munster squad perspective. They have to be. Otherwise, you'd be asking questions in terms of why would you bring guys down to the squad if they weren't going to contribute. So I think from that perspective, uh, Liam, I think you will be seeing changes definitely. And the guys that really did impress on the bench, um, I think Buckley definitely one of them could. But Barron definitely came on, made an impact when he came in. So um, I think John Ryan probably comes in for Archer as well. Um, as well. Just I, I, another thing, I, if I can bring it up, it's kind of intrigued me for a while how they don't rate rather than what they do rate it, you know I mean continuing with John Ryan normally a club at this stage of season would just basically jack it away and just think go go you know what I mean you're sitting on the bench or you're, you're not even a squad for the rest of the season but no he's still very central integral and you've Arsenal as well and Keenan Knox to me just doesn't seem rated at all by the you know, by the Munster, is particularly obviously Roundtree is a forwards coach, and I think he's making that decision. It does seem huge. I mean, this weekend should really kind of bear an awful lot of it out, Liam. If you're playing against the Lions and Knox is not involved there, I think big questions have to be asked. I think we mentioned about Salanoa, and I think Salanoa is a different kind of topic altogether. I think, you know, a, a prospective pick. But I think for Keenan Knox, there's high, high hopes from a Munster rugby perspective. He has to be kind of getting the game time now. You know, again, likes of Archer, Ryan, loyal servants. But again, we have to be looking at their depth charting. If Roundtree, Roundtree is a good judge of a front rower. If he's not rating what he's seeing there, I think there's kind of have to be big discussions there with Knox. But I would hope for Knox's sake that, you know, he can push on get into the 23, make an impact here, particularly against the Lions. Because he was, you know, he, I don't think he was used against the Bulls. Correct me if I'm wrong here, Liam. I think yeah. it's a case of he'll need to be brought in because he's a fresh player. And freshness is going to be key uh, to playing the Lions. Because they started exceedingly well against the Cardiff Blues. As you say, Van der Ver- Berg, Van der Merv, uh, Tezuka. Um, I mean, they had three tries in 23 minutes. I mean, Munster can't do what they did against the Bulls and be dominated up front. Um, so I think that'll be intriguing. But I think for Knox, I think it's an intriguing time in his career now. He needs to kind of push on and uh, create a few headaches for Van Gran and the uh, management team. Yeah, for sure. I hope so too. Absolutely. Um, any any prediction there, uh, Liam, in terms of uh, the Lions Munster? Um, yeah, I, I think it'll be tighter than people think, but actually it, be, it would be a Munster victory. I will go with Munster and I predict it'll be probably something along the lines of 30 points to 25. Mm. Yeah, I'm thinking it's probably going to be within that as well. Just would be very intrigued to see how Munster have responded after um, the Loftus first felt um, experience. Again, it's another huge ask for that young group to kind of come up and front up in such conditions. But again, this is the intriguing part of the URC now. You know, you're going to have to see teams really adapt to the environment that they're playing in. I'd be hopeful for a win here, Liam, but I'm, I'm going to sit here and I'm looking at the South African teams now. I think they're at top of the ground at the moment. I think the Lions probably winning this by four or five. I think we're going to see some kind of good pieces of play, particularly for Vandenberg. 
and that may be the platform. Again, we might see a bit of a repost from Munster late, but I still think I think Lions may get the win here uh, by four or five points. And again, I think the bench impact will be huge. And I do have question marks about it, given the Bulls game previous weekend. If this was a one-off game, I definitely would be going for the, for Munster. But I think Lions, it all stacks in their favour in terms of home. And again, the altitude, I think, is a bit more. I think it's 1,700 metres altitude here in Johannesburg. So in Ellis Park so I think it's a it'll be kind of a fascinating watch and Munster could get a win out of there I think that'll be an incredible tour of South Africa to be perfectly air to be honest with the personnel that have been down there Liam I think we'll leave it there um, thanks again for all your insight and contributions here and yeah maybe we'll review uh, the Guinness Six Nations and the URC action again next weekend yes absolutely Mark looking forward to it perfect thanks Liam Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. If you liked what you heard in this podcast, why not subscribe to the Hawkeye Psychic podcast on either Amazon, Spotify, YouTube or Twitter platforms. You can also follow me at Hawkeye Psychic on Facebook and Twitter for the latest sporting opinions, articles and reports.